Welcome to Biblical Tapestry. Biblical Tapestry is a podcast where we explore how the Bible is its own commentary and how the Gospel is thoroughly woven from Genesis to Revelation. In this second episode of the Book of Daniel, we are introduced to Daniel and his friends, the recently brought captives from Jerusalem to Babylon. We are shown some of the ways these captives are indoctrinated and used by the Babylonians and their culture. Let's pick up in chapter 1, starting in verse 3. The king ordered Ashpenaz, his chief eunuch, to bring some of the Israelites from the royal family and from the nobility, young men without any physical defect, good-looking, suitable for the instruction in all wisdom, knowledgeable, perceptive, and capable of serving in the king's palace. He was to teach them the Chaldean language and literature. The king assigned them daily provisions from the royal food and from the wine that he drank. They were to be trained for three years, and at the end of that time they were to attend the king. Among them from the Judites was Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The chief eunuch gave them names. He gave them the name Belteshazzar to Daniel, Shadrach to Hananiah, Meshach to Mishael, and Abednego to Azariah. All right, back to verses 3 and 4. The king ordered Ashpenaz, his chief eunuch, to bring some of the Israelites from the royal family and from the nobility, young men without any physical defect, good-looking, suitable for instruction in all wisdom, knowledgeable, perceptive, and capable of serving in the king's palace. He was to teach them the Chaldean language and literature. So the king now orders Ashpenaz, who in Hebrew is called Cyrus, which could mean a literal eunuch, as expressed in the Christian Standard Bible. The word court official, which is Cyrus, need not mean eunuch in a technical sense. We find in Genesis chapter 37, verse 36, Meanwhile, the Midianites sold Joseph in Egypt to Potiphar, the officer of Pharaoh and the captain of the guards. That is the same word, captain of the guards, this Cyrus. We know from the remaining verses in Genesis and the accuser of Joseph being Potiphar's wife, he was not a eunuch. Although in the case in the book of Daniel, there is additional Jewish literature that takes the term eunuch as a common tradition. It is not necessary to assume that Ashpenaz or Daniel or his three friends were made literal eunuchs. We can actually make the assumption, since the king wanted young men without any physical defect, that they could not be mutilated in this manner. Likely only those in charge of the king's harem were made eunuchs. Notice the selective nature of the initial captives being members of the Israelite royal family or nobles. Daniel and his friends would have come from this group, and all four were members of the tribe of Judah, so in the lineage of kings. The historian Josephus wrote that all four were members of Zedekiah's family, but that is not confirmable. They would have had high social standing, and by the Babylonians taking them into captive, it would have weakened the resources in Jerusalem, which is now a vassal of Babylon. It could be all part of Isaiah's prophecy to Hezekiah about his descendants after he showed all the temple treasury to officials from Babylon about 100 years earlier. 
In Isaiah chapter 39, verse 5, then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord of armies. Look, the days are coming when everything in your palace and all your predecessors have stored up until today will be carried off to Babylon. Nothing will be left, says the Lord. Some of your descendants who come from you, whom you father, will be taken away, and they will become eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Then Hezekiah said to Isaiah, The word of the Lord that you have spoken that you have spoken is good, for he thought there will be peace and security during my lifetime. Uh, Hezekiah was a little short-sighted. All right, verse 4. Young men without any physical defect, good-looking, suitable for instruction in all wisdom, knowledgeable, perceptive, and capable of serving in the king's palace. He was to teach them the Chaldean language and literature. Well, to be selected and trained for the Babylonian court, you had to be of a certain age. According to Plato, the Persian, the Persian youth, trained starting at the age of 14. And if Daniel was likely 14 or 15 years of old years of age at the time when they were taken captive, then this all falls into line. Young people are more willing and able to learn new instruction. I say this as a person whose youth has unfortunately been spent. They had to be physically fit without any defects according to Babylonian standards and good-looking. They needed to be suitable for instruction, in other words, intelligent and articulate. Suitable for instruction in wisdom, with a demonstrable knowledge or a willingness and ability to learn new things, including the Chaldean language and literature. This was a job interview for a captive youth. To serve in the king's palace means to be able to stand before the king and respond to the king's bidding. This was going to be a privileged education for the Hebrews that could hold up, any Hebrew that could hold up to the scrutiny. The language Chaldean here was a form of the Akkadian known as Neo-Babylonia. Akkadian was written in cuneiform, which was made up of wedged-shaped characters and commonly engraved in clay tablets of which up to two million examples have been unearthed. Daniel and his friends would have been fluent in Hebrew, Aramaic, and later in Persian. Babylon was the learning center of the day and the most powerful nation on earth. Chaldean language refers to anything Babylonian, but the word Chaldean especially referred to a special class of Babylonian wise men or priests, but stands here for anything Babylonian. Verse 5 says, The king assigned them daily provisions from the royal food and from the wine that he drank. They were to be trained for three years, and at the end of that time they were to attend the king. Not only did they have a privileged education, but they also got a privileged diet. They were eating the same food the king ate. Royal food would have been a rich food diet. The training period was for three years, and that was the same as the Persians used for youth training. So this was a common across cultures. It would have been completed about the age of 16 or 17. After that time, the students would then enter royal service. Among them from the Judites were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. As we see from the royal tribe of Judah, we have these four youths. 
the best minds of the empire were being used to serve Nebuchadnezzar's court. All these young men had names that signified something. Daniel's name signifies God is my judge. Hananiah means Yahweh is gracious. Mishael means who is what God is. The idea being there is no God like the God of Israel. Azariah means Yahweh has helped or will help. These names are found elsewhere in scripture, so they could have been common names in Israel. Verse 7 says the chief eunuch gave them names. He gave the name Belteshazzar to Daniel, Shadrach to Hananiah, Meshach to Mishael, and Abednego to Azariah. The chief of official over these captives again was Ashpenaz as we learned in verse 3 and in order to assimilate these young men into their new role they were given these Babylonian names this was a common practice remember that Joseph was given an Egyptian name by Pharaoh we find that in Genesis chapter 41 starting in verse 44 Pharaoh said to Joseph I am Pharaoh, and no one will be able to raise his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt without your permission. Pharaoh gave Joseph the name Zaphnath-Paneah, and gave him a wife, Asenath, daughter of Potipharah, priest at On, and Joseph went through the land of Egypt. Zaphnath-Paneah kind of rolls off the tongue. Hadassah was known by her forename, which you may know better as Esther. In the book of Esther, starting chapter 2, verse 5, in the fortress of Susa, there was a Jewish man named Mordecai, son of Jair, son of Shimei, son of Kish, a Benjamite. Kish had been taken into exile from Jerusalem with the other captives when King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon took King Jeconiah of Judah into exile. Mordecai was the legal guardian of his cousin Hadassah, that is, Esther, because she had no father or mother. The young woman had a beautiful figure, was extremely good-looking. When her father and mother died, Mordecai had adopted her as his own daughter. And we know that there were several captive uh, groups led from Jerusalem over a number of years as Jerusalem continued to rebel. Daniel was now known as Belteshazzar, probably meaning Bel protect his life. Bel being the Babylonian deity of Marduk are also known as Bel. Hananiah was called Shadrach, meaning command of Aku, the Babylonian moon god. Mishael received the name Mishak, which is roughly equivalent to his Hebrew name, meaning who is what God is. Azariah's name was changed to Abednego, meaning servant of Nebo. What is interesting is that most scholars agree that Nego is a corruption of the word Nebo as possibly an intentional perversion of the name to avoid an idolatrous name. Nebo was the second highest god in the Babylonian pantheon. In each of the Hebrew names these four were given, it was a reference to the true god Yahweh, whereas the Babylonian given names or referring to a pagan deity. Well, we'll stop there today as we want to get into the moral test next episode. I surely hope you enjoy this season two study in the book of Daniel.
Again, in the next episode, we will continue to study Daniel 1 and again look at this moral test for these four young men and what they will be faced with. As always, I pray this podcast has found you well. God bless you and take care.